Welcome to the G-Spot, the podcast that discusses topics relating to sex, dating and relationships with a focus on pleasure, connection and education. I'm your host, Heidi G, sex and relationship therapist, and I believe we are all entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationships. The G-Spot, the best sex and relationship education you'll ever get. So today we're going to be talking about steps to self-love and joining me once again, I have the wonderful Zach Beach. Zach is an international yoga teacher, best-selling author, poet, love coach, and founder of the Heart Center Love School and host of the Learn to Love podcast. Committed to building a world based on unconditional love and connection, Zach regularly teaches and leads retreats, workshops, and transformation trainings on the opening of the heart and discovering our loving nature. Welcome to the show again, Zach. Thanks so much for having me, Heidi. Thanks for bringing me back on the show. Yeah. Well, I I love your bio, opening the heart, mm. unconditional love. I mean, it's so, so important. And we we really do need to learn to open the heart. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I love actually teaching yoga to groups of people because mm-hmm. I can tell a whole room to open their heart and there's no resistance because they're like, oh, they probably think I mean I should move my ribs in a certain way and my shoulders back. But mm-hmm. that's how I slide all that amazing information under the radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, it's a, it's a working practice, um, a work in progress. Sorry. Like I know that sometimes I struggle with that and I question what does that mean or how do I do that? Or especially if there's pain and we've all Mm -hmm. experienced pain. Um, it's like, how do I sit still? How do I open my heart? How do I forgive that person? Um, and I think that's when I started to do work within, you know, healing, Reiki, meditation. Um, I'm certainly no expert. I'm still, you know, going through it, learning a lot. Um, but, you know, this is why, I mean, my very first podcast, podcast episode was um, self-love and I wanted to do another episode on steps to self-love because I think it's so important. I mean, we are told Mm. that um, the relationship with yourself is important and self-love is important, loving yourself, putting your needs first. But one question that I had when I started this journey was, what is self-love? Because I couldn't get my head around it. So for me, it was like, oh, yeah, a few positive affirmations and that's it. And I guess the struggle for me, Zach, was that, I didn't believe the positive affirmations because I was not in a good place. And sometimes I'm still not in a good place. So can you please explain, and this is a question I still get as well from other people, what is self-love? Yeah, I'd love to get into that, but I want to back up a little bit because you brought up a lot of really important points in the beginning of your question. Because first you were like, I understand how important it is to keep an open heart, but it's hard. Right. And this is something we all experience in our lives is we want to open the heart and we want to live free and happy and joyful. But of course, life in life, we meet all sorts of challenges. 
And often we enter into a really exciting relationship with mm. an open heart and we get hurt and we close down. Yeah. Right. And even recently I was in the airport on an international flight and there was a huge long line of people mm-hmm. and there was overwhelmed clerks working the desks. And there was even like one person like yelling at the person who's like guiding people about where to go and like everyone's stressed and everyone's annoyed and everyone's pissed off and everyone's tired because it was like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then I opened up this podcast with one of my favorite teachers. You might know Ram Das, or mm-hmm. he was previously known as Richard Alpert. Mm-hmm. So I opened up this podcast and the first thing I hear is, can you keep your heart open even in hell? <sighs> and I was like, that flipped the switch my, in my head. And I was like, this is the practice. This is the path is keeping the heart open, even in challenging times, even in the hellish times of our lives is what can we do to keep in touch with that layer of kindness and compassion and understanding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say that like your struggle to keep your heart open, you're not alone. It's something Mm -hmm. that we all struggle with. And one of the huge reasons we struggle with it is because no one has taught us these things. Yeah. Right. We've gone to school and we've learned chemistry and physics and the history of our country. No one told us how to forgive. No one told us how to say goodbye to somebody who's dying. Nobody told us to look at our own triggers in relationship or even that our intimate relationships will bring up our childhood wounds and patterns. Mm. So we've been really kind of just left in the storm with no map forward and how to get out of it. And this particularly applies to today's topic of self-love. Mm. Is It's crazy because we are simultaneously told how important self-love is We're told things like you can't love others until you love yourself or you have to love yourself first. And we're told how important it is. But on the other hand, no one tells us what it looks like. Like what does self-love actually look like? And I even remember this comic I was reading one time and it shows a man and he reads this book and it says something like be happy now. And it, he highlights this passage and it says, like, however you want to spend your life, that's how you should be spending it. Like, live each day as if it was your last. Yeah. And in the next frame, he's in the bathtub, surrounded by empty pizza boxes and cupcakes and smoking a cigarette <laughs> and beer cans and playing video games. And then you're like, is that self-love? Like, <laughs> That's exactly. That's the question I was just thinking. Actually, is that self-love? Yeah. And that's why self-love is particularly so challenging because it dives deep into, well, what is the nature of this self that we are loving? And how do we walk this line between self-love, self-care, self-kindness on Mm. the one hand and self-indulgence or narcissism or vanity, Mm. right? So you mentioned also difficulty around positive affirmations. Yeah. And I do think affirmations can be useful in certain circumstances, but most of the time they're overdone. Because to me, an important part of self-love is accepting every single part of you, the good and the bad. The mm-hmm. fact that you can make mistakes like we all do, we can inten- unintentionally hurt others like we all do as part of the human experience and still recognize we are deserving of love. 
So I don't think of self-love as standing up in the mirror and saying, you are the best person ever. You're the most attractive person on the planet and you can succeed at everything. That's not self-love. Self-love is accepting all parts of you, the light and the dark, the shadow Mm -hmm. sides as well. And a huge part of self-love to me is not just a blanket positive affirmation, but what I call reclaiming our worthiness of love, recognizing that we are worthy of love no matter what, no matter what mistakes get made, no matter how many pounds we've gained because we've been caught up in depression from this pandemic, no matter how many uh, mistakes we made or challenges in life, we are still worthy of love and belonging. Mm. So my my next question to you is going to be, why do you think self-love is a difficult concept for some people? And I think you kind of, um, well, you, you have answered that, um, well, some of it actually, and I can relate to what you have said, um, accepting yourself, the good, the bad, the ugly, if you want to say that as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. That has been quite difficult for me, acceptance. Mm. Mm. And I know that, and, you know, there are a few things that I'm going through at the moment, um, lots of changes, um, and I don't know if I told you previously, um, Zach, but my life in every single aspect has changed in less than 12 months, less than six months. I guess what people usually go through in a few years, it's just went boom for me. Um, and I love change. I embrace it, but I wasn't prepared mm-hmm. for this change that I suddenly had to face. Um, you know, looking at life differently, my new normal. Um, and it wasn't so much because of COVID, just other things and, um, like where I live, um, my job, even my body. Um, gosh, my friends, um, family, everything just changed pretty much at the blink of an eye. Um, And it's only now, almost 12 months later, where I've had to go, okay, I accept. I accept Mm. this is my new normal and I accept that this is a moment in time it's going to change again. And as soon as I did that, I felt a bit more relaxed. Mm. And that's the same thing with my, you know, my self-love, um, and self-care journey and that's because I had to love and care for myself a bit more but in the chaos it was a bit hard for me to do that because I Mm. had this chaotic mind and I was trying to adjust and it it was difficult it was really difficult but I had to I guess you know meditation is what really helped me and it was Mm. sometimes hard to quieten the mind if you can even do that Um, but acceptance is what helped me Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, my next question to you was going to be, you know, why do, um, some people find it difficult, um, a difficult concept, um, or self-love, a difficult concept. Do you think acceptance is part of it? Oh, absolutely. Mm. That's the first step. Actually, so in my book, The Seven Lessons of Love, one of the lessons is really just this. Extending love to ourselves is often the most difficult task. Mm. Okay, so if any listeners out there are struggling with this idea of self-love, don't worry, you're not alone. It's often the most difficult task for all of us. And in the book, I outline what I call the eight steps to self-love. And absolutely, the first step is acceptance. 
accepting yeah. ourselves exactly where we are. And one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Jack Cornfield, even has this quote, and he says this, and it's quite simple. He says, much of spiritual life is self-acceptance, maybe all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that, like maybe all of our spiritual life. And you bring up meditation because that's exactly what it is. It's a being, it's sitting with ourselves, uh, having the courage to face ourselves, warts and all. Right. Yeah. I was at a meditation retreat one time and a gentleman raised his hand and he was like, wow, yeah, I never realized how angry I was. Mm-hmm. And this is a person who had never like taken a pause and looked within and noticed their mental emotional conditioning that was preventing them from being free and happy. And as soon as they did, they realized that they were just holding on to this anger. Mm-hmm. So the first inclination, of course, when you notice something like anger or pain is to push it away. Right. But as spiritual practitioners, we know that what we resist persists. Mm -hmm. And our task is not to push it away, but to welcome it in, invite it in for tea. And you mentioned this idea of change. And it's really interesting because people do often say that, like, we're afraid of change and no one wants change. Mm. But there's, there's, there's an important part of that idea that people are missing because if I was like, hey, you just won a billion dollars, your yeah. life is going to change. You'd be yeah. like, yay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's not the change that changes what we don't, uh, it's not that change causes suffering. It's that the change that we don't want is wow. what causes suffering in our lives. Okay. Um, and it's our resistance to yeah. that change is what causes suffering in our life. So just like the situation that you described mm. is it's that final, ah, it's that final letting go, yeah. that final re- releasing of any resistance to change mm. and allowing things to be exactly as they are. That mm. is the beginning of self-love. Mm. And I see it all the time. I see it in yoga in fitness and medit- even in meditation communities is a lot of people come to these paths with the desire of self-improvement, right? They want to lose weight. They want to get more flexible. They want to change and develop their mind in a certain way in meditation. And self-improvement can be really nice, but it's important to understand that a lot of self-improvement comes from an underlying sense of self-aggression or self-hatred, that there's something wrong with who you are right now and there's something that needs to be improved upon, Right. And many people say like, well, I can't love myself yet until I lose like 30 pounds. That's kind of an extreme example. But um, it reflects this fundamental Mm dis-ease with who we are right now. And that's why the first step to self-love is really just acceptance. And as Jack Cornfield would say, much of spiritual life is self-acceptance and maybe even all of it. Mm. Mm. And it's very interesting too because there's a famous dialogue that happened when the when the Dalai Lama first came to the United States and I'm sure it'd be the same if he went to Australia because mm-hmm. he was doing a question and answer with with the audience and then somebody came up and was like what do I do about self-hatred mm-hmm. and the Dalai Lama was like confused by the question and he like went back and forth with the translator and then eventually he was like, what do you mean self-hatred? Like you all have Buddha nature. Like you're all these beautiful human beings on the inside. How could you ever hate yourself? 
So it's interesting, like in this culture that he was brought up in, this there wasn't this self aggression, this self hatred, mm-hmm. um, but it's partly because it was wrapped up in sort of a met- metaphysical or spiritual idea that we are perfect. Like mm-hmm. somewhere on the inside, there's this perfect awareness, consciousness, sentient soul, light being, or just this piece of the divine that remains untouched um, in the vagaries and challenges of our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. Self-hatred. It's um, interesting because I've got a lot of clients who um, have that self-hatred and, Mm. you know, choose risky behaviours in order to punish themselves because they don't feel that they're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, you know, that's challenging, you know, working through clients who have had that mentality for 20 or so years, I'm not worthy, I hate myself. If I died mm. tomorrow, I'd be okay with that. I choose these, you know, risky behaviors because I don't really care what happens to me, and mm. I believe that I need to be punished and deserve to be punished. That is really, as a therapist, that's really heartbreaking to hear. It is really heartbreaking to hear, and it's really even an additional layer of challenge because. You know, it's not true that you can't love somebody else until you love yourself first. There's lots of people who totally sacrifice love for themselves in order to give love to countless others. Mm. But what the studies show consistently is that people with high self-love enter into higher quality relationships. And those with low self-esteem enter into lower quality relationships. And part Mm. of it has to do with that underlying subconscious belief that they don't deserve it. Yeah. Right. Like if you treat yourself poorly, you think you deserve to be treated poorly. You meet somebody who treats you poorly and you're like, yep, makes sense. I deserve this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I guess it's because you don't know any better, really. Mm. Um, you know, the way I look at it um, is, you know, we expect our lovers to love us a certain way. Um, but if we can't give that love to ourselves, then how do we expect to get that? love well yeah it's it's interesting right because um you know we're social beings right and we kind of go into this world as sort of like we come into this world with like as like love sponges Mm. right we're wired to connect and much of our understandings about love and how it works does happen from our primary caregivers Mm. and maybe we had somebody who sung to us and told us that we were worthy of love and and we're just a fountain of love on top of us. But if we didn't receive that love, we did kind of come to the conclusion that we don't deserve it. Yeah. But what's so in terms of like, Oh, you can't love somebody else until you love yourself. It's like, actually this is one of the biggest powers of romantic intimate relationships is mm-hmm. that they can transform us. And many people learn to love themselves um, via how somebody else loves them, mm. right? When you meet somebody and they're like, you're amazing. And you're like, no, I'm not. And like, yes, you are. You deserve love. And you're like, no, I don't. And like, yes, you do. Yeah. Like, you you know, like, can I help you orgasm like a bunch of times? You're like, no, mm. I don't deserve this pleasure and joy yeah. in my life. And it takes some like, you know, repeated encouragement sometimes. Mm. So um, sometimes relationships can really help help us. And it's so interesting you should say that and thank you. You you were teaching me so much, Zach, because um, I can certainly relate to that where I am a big giver. I feel mm. that I've got so much love to give and I just give to others and the person I wasn't giving to is myself. 
Um, and mm. so, you know, as I was saying, this whole new journey for me, um, it's been interesting. And, you know, I've learned that so far <laughs> that, you know, self-love c- comes from self-knowledge and self-knowledge comes from learning about yourself. Um, and it's an interesting and confronting journey for me and I'm slowly starting to shift my mindset as well like just when someone says you're amazing when someone says Mm. oh gives me any kind of compliment I used to be very resistant as well um Mm -hmm. it's still taking practice for me to go (laughs) thank you (laughs) that's really kind of you um and it is a work in progress but um I think going through this journey, uh, learning about myself and giving to myself, um, yes, it is a bit uncomfortable at times, but I'm also realising how much I didn't give to myself. You know, once upon a time, I kept attracting emotionally unavailable men Mm -hmm. and was trying to fix them Um, and I guess my idea was if I fix them, they will love me the way I want to be loved or the way I love them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just got to a point where I thought, why do I keep attracting these men? And just I keep getting my heart broken and, you know, rather than going to the next stage of our relationship, things just end and I just don't understand why. And I just started putting myself down. Oh, because mm. you're not worthy, because you're ugly, because you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And I hurt myself so much by saying and thinking those things. However, I didn't believe that because I knew that I had so much love to give. And um, it took me a lot of time, um, many, many years, and I thought, hang on, you are giving this love to others, but you are not giving it to yourself. And like mm. I said, Okay, it came to that realisation, but then I was like, but what is self-love and how do I give that to myself and where do I start? Hmm. Yeah, you bring up a lot of really important points and it ties into some many of the things we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a conversation I had many years ago when I was kind of starting out on this path of love with my sister and my sister does amazing work in the world with nonprofits around like halfway houses and helping Mm -hmm. survivors of domestic abuse. And she works in suicide hotlines and different things like this. And I remember our conversation and she was like, Zach, you tell people they should love everyone. I'm like, yep. You tell people you should open their hearts. And I'm like, yep. And then she's like, what about the wife? who's being abused, who stays together in the marriage uh, Mm -hmm. for the kids because she loves the kids and she wants to keep the marriage intact. I remember at the time I didn't have an answer to this question, but I thought about it for a long time. And then I finally clicked and I was like, ah, yes, love everyone and yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you're included in that self-love. And earlier we talked about reclaiming your worthiness, like what it means to recognize that you are worthy of love. And there's a natural outcropping. That's like the next step after you've reclaimed your worthiness. Because once you recognize that, A, you deserve love no matter what. B, you're a human being who who deserves a sense of belonging and connection. Yeah. And I also often like to say that you deserve all the love your heart can handle. 
once you've recognized this and reclaimed your worthiness of love, you won't enter into situations or relationships that don't affirm that worthiness. Mm-hmm. Right. So just as like the studies show, like low self-esteem people tend to enter into low quality relationships between yeah. because they think they deserve it. High yeah. self-esteem people don't tolerate those those lower standards of relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is where boundary boundaries come in. And mm-hmm. this is another step towards greater self-love in one's life. So we've talked about acceptance, we've talked about worthiness, and now we can talk about boundaries because if you affirm that you deserve love and you deserve happiness that is naturally going to result in firm boundaries Mm -hmm. meant to maintain your sense of happiness and health and Mm well-being and if somebody crosses that boundary then you have every right to get mad right Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um i meet people and they're like i'm so free i have no boundaries whatsoever and it's like okay what if your partner hits you and they're like no way i would not tolerate that right that's a boundary and it's perfectly normal um i even had one client and she's like i just get so triggered all the time and i'm like tell me more and then she's like well my husband said he was going to pick pick me up at six and that he was going to do the dishes while I was out and he forgot to pick me up and I went home and the dishes weren't made. And I was like, that's not being triggered. That's a totally normal and reasonable emotional reaction to have in relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Like we expect our partners and would want a partner who loves us, takes care of us, does the things that they say that they'll do, thinks of us, you know, when we want them, when it's necessary in the relationship and when they don't, Again, like if we have low self love, we'll be like, yeah, I guess this is this is what I get. This is you know the chips that the universe have laid for me. But like having strong self love is very affirming. It's saying no, I deserve to be treated with respect and kindness and love, and have a partner that empathizes and understands me. You know, within realistic expectations. Obviously, we're not mind readers, yeah. but that's another key aspect of self love is having firm boundaries in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had to learn the difference between setting boundaries and being guarded. Mm-hmm. And I'm also mindful of my language as well. And I recently said to someone, oh, I'm guarded. And I thought, no, you're not guarded, Heidi. That's shutting people out. You know, you mm. set boundaries, you know, to protect your energy, to protect yourself. Um, you can still, you know, I'm still open to love. Um, but I don't need to be guarded in order to protect myself. I don't want to shut people out. You can set boundaries. That's something I've recently learned, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's challenging because we're just using metaphors and there's, there's really no way around it to, to describe it other than metaphors because sometimes I'm like, yes, you have a house, so you need strong, solid walls, but you need windows and you need doors, right, mm. to allow things to come in and out. Yeah. Um, in the same way, like sometimes like I think of a boundary just literally as like a cup. Um, in order to fill the cup, you want the stable walls of the cup. You don't want holes in it. And when those boundaries are there, then your cup can fill up, right? Mm-hmm. And I th- do think we need certain boundaries around the self-love that we have for ourselves. It allows our cup to be full of love rather than mm-hmm. just go everywhere and be spread too thin. And so too, like, yes, you can wear a hat because that's good for sun protection, but a full chainmail suit of armor is just is you know over the top being guarded too much. Mm, yeah, I like that. Um, and the other thing, I guess, when it comes to relationships, and this is something I've um, 
and any kind of relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship, platonic relationship, um, something I tell myself um, throughout my um, journey is, you know, to attract better, you need to become better yourself. Um, mm. And that's when I had to start digging deep and really um, opening those wounds um, and unpacking and going through the pain, trying to understand it, um, protecting myself while I was going through, you know, because it's quite confronting, so um, understanding it, accepting it, as we spoke about, um, Mm. to be able to move forward and heal. Mm. Yeah, easier said than done, but (laughs) I have to say it's because I journal sometimes as well, Zach, um, and I mm-hmm. every now and then I look back at some of my journal entries and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was just six months ago. Look how much has changed in six months, or look mm. where I was a year ago or two years ago. Um, so I know that I am growing from the inner work that I'm doing. Um, mm. And as I said to you, all my friends, you know, everything's changed, even my friends, and. I can see why now. I mean, they say people are in your life for a reason, season, or lifetime. Um, and these are friendships that were around for years, but um, things have changed. There's no malice between the, you know us, but um, I guess I'm on a different path now. And um, doing, again, doing the work that I am doing, it's made me realise that there are certain people that I don't need in my life. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting and I guess you know the change has come from the work that I'm doing Mm. yeah absolutely it almost reminds me of how like there's certain ways we kind of have to like trick somebody into loving themselves via loving somebody else so just like a common example is like when you're working with two couples and you say something like it's really important to express what you want You know, particularly like in the bedroom, for example. Yeah. And then one cu- one person is like, I don't know, it sounds selfish. It sounds needy to ask for what mm-hmm. I want. And then you go, okay, listen, you can help your partner become a better partner if they know what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, honey, I like it when you give me massages. And then they're like, oh, okay, now I know what to do. And like, you're feeling down. Right. So hearing you say like, oh, like I started working on myself in order to attract like another partner. Right. And that's really beautiful because, you know, I often say, you know, the best thing that you can do for your partner Mm. is work on yourself. Mm. And the best thing your partner can do for you is work on themselves. Yeah. Right. Work on their own triggers, work on their own open heart. And that will in tune, of course, make the relationship better. And so, so too, like you could love yourself more because you realize that in doing so, you will in the future enter into a more loving relationship, Mm. right? And it it all works, right? It's very synergistic in that way. Absolutely. And the other thing that I've um, realized as well is that Self-care is making a choice to rebuild a life that you don't need to regularly escape from. Mm. 
I love that. Can you say that again? (laughs) Self-love or self-care is making a choice to rebuild a life you don't need to regularly escape from. Mm. And uh, that has been a big learning for me. Yeah, rather than suppressing and not don't want to deal with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And every now and then it happens, but um, I believe I've become a lot more resilient. I've had to. Um, It's been a test of my strength. And I've always been an independent person, and I guess people who know me have always called me a strong person. But I think it's only now that I've gone, yeah, I actually am a strong person. But saying that doesn't mean I don't get emotional because I'm also very emotional. Um, (laughs) Which doesn't mean you're weak. Um, I I love that I'm an emotional person. Um, But definitely a test of strength and a strength that I did not know that I had. Mm. And I love that you love that you're an emotional person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I do come across a lot of people, especially clients, who say mm, emotions mean weakness. Oh, yeah. So you can't show emotion and then <laughs> they break down and cry. It's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So, and I think that's really sad that people have that belief or want to believe that emotions are weakness because it's, it's not. No, absolutely not. Yeah, there's two there's two interesting statements. I mean, there's two interesting perspectives on this idea of like I loving myself cuz I'm too emotional because the first thing that came to mind was like again how self-love recognizes like we're imperfect beings and still we're deserving of love, right? That's where acceptance mm-hmm. comes in, that's where worthiness comes in. And that to me is where another step of self-love comes in on friendliness. Mm-hmm. Um Often, you know, we're our own worst critic. We say things to ourselves we would never say to somebody else because it would be far too cruel. Yeah. And part of our self-love is shifting from being our own worst critic to being our mm-hmm. own best friend. And one metaphor for self-love I like is this. Self-love is having a cupcake after dinner and self-hatred is having a cupcake for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the cupcake after dinner, I love because, again, we're emotional beings. We have emotional needs. And self-love does not mean saying you're perfect and you don't need things in your life. It's recognizing that after a long day, you deserve a break. Mm. After, you know, a really stressful day, you can reward yourself with like a dessert or a bubble bath Mm. or something relaxing. So part of what a, a best friend would do is they would kind of have like our long-term interest in mind. Like they, they want to make us a cupcake for dinner, but they would say, oh, you just broke up. Like you just had a really challenging breakup. Let, let's go out. Let's let's forget about this. Mm-hmm. Let's go on a walk. You're like, what can we do to meet and account for your, your needs right now? Mm. So when we say like, oh, I'm too emotional and I still deserve love and I still love myself and I love this part about myself. Because mm-hmm. I would be somebody completely different if I didn't have this quality. So there's that aspect too of, of just welcoming in, you know, p- parts of ourselves that we've labeled as bad and realizing that that's an artificial label that we don't even need right now. Yeah. And then, of course, yes, there's the additional unpacking of where did I get this label of bad? And is it true? Right. In meditation, we say it might be real, but is it true? 
right? And when you look at it and you say, no, we live in a very cognitive-centric society that's put the mind above all else. It views vulnerability as weakness. It views emotions as weakness. Um, but this is not a narrative I necessarily want to buy into so that in turn, by loving my emotions, getting in touch with my emotions, I realize how they're such an important part of my being. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to become whole, to welcome in all parts of yourself, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of the path. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, there's something that um, came to mind when just as you were talking, I thought, oh, and there's also that. And of course, I've forgotten. So <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to me. Um, but, you know, this is just, I absolutely love, 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 love talking about self love. Mm. Um, it's just, um, like I said, because I'm going through it at the moment and I've noticed the positive changes, but I've also noticed the challenges and the challenges will always be there. And um, like I've said a few times, it's a work in progress. Um, you just need to unpack and keep keep moving forward, keep working through it um, because you do move through it. You do move mm. forward. Um, oh, I remember now what I was going to say. Um, I was talking about earlier about, you know, being someone who gives so much love and I love to love and mm-hmm. the person I wasn't giving love to is myself. And there's been many times, you know, as I'm sure a lot of us have said to ourselves, that's it, I'm not going to be as nice to people anymore, I'm sick of getting hurt, um, I'm over heartbreak, people take advantage of me, why is this happening to me, it's so unfair. And I thought, you know what, this is me. I mean, I'm learning Mm -hmm. and then we spoke about boundaries as well and, yes, I'm setting my boundaries, but I'm not going to stop loving because of pain, heartbreak that I've experienced. If anything, I'm learning from that, Mm -hmm. taking something away from that um, as in a a lesson. Um, So in my future and even in the present, <laughs> um, I can grow as a person, hmm. um, learning more about myself, learning about my capacity to give, um, sharing my love. I mean, I love to love. I love hmm. doing that. And I'm not going to stop that because of something that's happened in the past. I guess I've come with certain situations, to that acceptance stage. Okay, I accept that this has happened. I accept that this caused me pain. I accept that I probably shouldn't have done X. I should have done Y. I've learned from that and it's helped me move forward. Hmm. Um, So that's something that I've actually recently have come to terms with as well, saying, actually, no, Heidi, you have a big heart. You love to love. Just because of, you know, heartbreak in the past, it doesn't mean that you should stop loving or Mm. be guarded, you know, be open to love, be open to relationships, any kind of relationships, um, but set your boundaries as well. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing perspective because, first of all, Heidi, you're amazing. And your love of love is contagious and you do amazing work in the world. And I'm sure every listener on your podcast is a better person because of it. And you inspire so many people. But it was so interesting to hear you say, I have a big heart. And I'm like, yeah, we all do. Mm -hmm. We all have this, this 
beautiful organ inside of us, which is a source of limitless love mm. and compassion and kindness. And so many people have put so many layers of armor over it that it just it's like this very, very dim light. Mm. And that's one of the most beautiful things about opening the heart is because the more it opens, the more it can open. The more yeah. it can open, the more it opens. It's like this blossoming flower where like it blossoms a little bit open and then it can catch a little bit more light and then it can yeah. blossom open anymore. And it keeps going and going and going. And we have this temptation when we do get hurt or when something happens to us to close down. But I'm often reminded of the Sufi master, Hazrat Inayat Khan, who said, God breaks the heart again and again and mm-hmm. again until it stays open. And all those challenges that we have, that's part of the path too. It's not like, wow, I could live an open heart, um, except relationships are so hard or something. I have to guard myself. It's like that's every resistance that you meet on this path of opening the heart is part of the path. Every resistance that you have is grace because it's signpost pointing to exactly where is you are holding on, mm-hmm. exactly where your heart is closing down, mm. right? And it happens every time, right? I do workshops all the time, and I'm like, our task is to love everyone. You know, who here has heard the mantra, Loka, Samasta, Stuki, No, Bhavantu, may all beings everywhere be happy and free. Most people raise their hands. And I'm like, okay, everyone means everyone, right? Okay, what about the bad people? that's what happens every single time like what about murderers you know what about you know my this political figure that i'm not the biggest fan of what about this historical figure that i'm not a big fan of and it's like those that's your resistance right now this is your point of growth like what would it take for you to love this person what would it take for you to love all beings and coming back to ourselves yes what would it take to include yourself not above anyone else necessarily, but on the same level of everyone else that you also deserve this love and kindness. Yeah, absolutely. Ah. (laughs) 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 And on that note, (laughs) oh gosh, I, I just, I love the way you make me feel. Okay, good. I wanted to celebrate you, you know, and be like, you are the divine nature, Heidi. You have that inside of you, and so does everyone else. But that doesn't make you any less special. You're the most special and unique human being, and Um, you're a miracle. Thank you. Thank you, We're lucky to have you on this planet. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Likewise, you know, someone who teaches love, shares love, loves love, does love <laughs> like yourself is love um, it's yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> thing before we finish up Zach um can you please tell the listeners um where they can find your book and where they can find more information about you yeah for sure um so you can find me really easily and my name is Zach Beach Z-A-C-H and then Beach just like you walk on a beach so you can find me at ZachBeach.com and Zach Beach Love on Facebook Twitter and Instagram I have three books my latest book is a poetry collection 108 Shavasana poems but if you are interested in learning more about love you can definitely check out the seven lessons of love and 
I don't know. I'm tempted to read this. I'm temp- I want to share a poem and I'm wondering mm-hmm. which one, but like you, you mentioned earlier this idea of change and resistance. So can I share this poem? It's never been please. shared anywhere. It's actually unpublished. It's going to be in a new book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. Okay. It's not too long, but it reminds me of change. So it goes like this. It is, it is not change that causes suffering. It is the change we don't want. It is not the butterfly but the plow tearing down the milkweed and taking the chrysalis with it, the chick getting thinner rather than bigger, the wedding canceled one day before, the baby shoes gathering dust. Wisdom knows beginnings and endings are one. Happiness knows peace through both. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you're the first person ever to hear that poem. Oh, (laughs) I feel so privileged. And the first line, it's not the change that we fear, it's a change that we don't want. It's so true. Yeah. So, so true because, like I mentioned in the beginning of the the recording, that, like, I embrace change. I like Mm. change. Um, But every aspect of my life changed pretty much what, what felt all at once. Um, and without warning, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is a lot of change. Um, yeah. So that was definitely a, a, a test of my strength, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on the show again. I just absolutely love mm. having you on the show. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media at Heidi G Spot and check out the website at HeidiGCounseling.com. Join me next time on the G Spot because the world is a better place when there's great sex and relationships.